Hey, 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 it's time for the Slipstream. I'm your host, Brent Houston, and it is a wonderful, warm, and sunny day here in the Hocking Hills. I am still in the compound, still hanging out up north, and thinking, though, I'm really thinking hard about maybe heading somewhere south soon, but I think I want to wait on all of this virus stuff and some of the numbers to come down a little bit before I make that happen. So, here in the compound is where I'll stay for a little bit, but in the meantime, I am thrilled to record the 15th episode of the Slipstream, and thanks for hanging out with me for this one. So, this is a pretty interesting episode. I took some questions from folks uh, who are listeners, and they sent me some pretty interesting questions, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer them. Um, some, of, some of them are a little off the wall, but uh, I, think, um, I think it'll be an interesting show. So here we go, jumping right in. The first question uh, is what is your morning routine like? Um, and so if you're, if you're one of those, uh, Tim Ferriss folks and, and, uh, you know that, that he really likes that question. Um, apparently folks really like the answers to that. So I wish I could say that I had some really, uh, killer morning routine. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm a late, uh, wake up kind of guy. Uh, so I typically, uh, sleep, until about 7.30. Um, sometimes if, if I'm left on my own, um, I will naturally wake up around 8 a.m. So I am not one of those jump out of bed at 5 a.m. and grab the tiger by the tail. Uh, I like slow mornings and hard, compressed work afternoons. But let's jump into my morning routine and unpack what that looks like. So I get up uh, between 7.30 and 8 o'clock um, I immediately have some medication that I take, and I start the day with a glass of water, um, which I pretty much chug uh, to take my medication. So, um, and from there, I usually either head downstairs to where my wife and my dog are, or um, I have to pry the dog uh, off of me. Uh, long enough, and it or oftentimes carry her down the stairs. So I have a I have a new pup. Um, those of you who uh, who haven't been um, listening for a long time, uh, I have a eight month old Havanese pup, and she is full of fire in the mornings. She is all kinds of fired up and excited. Uh, it's like she celebrates every day that uh, it's a whole new adventure, um, and so. My morning is first thing, take my medication, play with the pup a little bit, and come downstairs and have uh, coffee with my wonderful wife. Now, if it is, the weather is nice, we almost always have our coffee outside. Uh, If we're somewhere south, um, we almost always have our coffee outside. So, uh, and for coffee, now this is a little bit... uh, a little bit, maybe more than you wanted to know, uh, but I'm a, I'm a pretty significant coffee snob, and uh, I really enjoy f- 
flavored coffees, but uh, my morning coffee of choice is a coconut cream uh, coffee, which is made from, uh, by, it's actually by the roaster Baronet, and I get that in a coffee pod, which I make in, in a Senseo coffee machine. And um, for those of you who are not familiar with this, um, it's sort of traditional Dutch coffee. Um, so you put this little pod in, and the pod is like a little filter pack. Um, and this, the Senseo machine, then does high pressure and very hot water extraction of the coffee. And so you get a lot of crema. Um, and so it's, it's really uh, strong almost like cappuccino uh, strength, kind of foamy on the top, but uh, a little bit of uh, almost espresso strength, excuse me, of the coffee. Um, and I'll, so I'll typically have that and uh, spend some time with my wife. And usually this is about 30 to 40 minutes. My wife and I are just kind of starting our morning um, we have a morning gratitude ritual that we, we perform. So we, each of us says what we're thankful for for that day, um, what are the things that we sense abundance in uh, that are in our life at that time, what are we looking forward to, and what are some things that we're pondering, that we're thinking about, or, or questions that we're asking ourselves at that time. And so we do that. Uh, while we have our coffee, I typically limit myself to one cup of coffee, and then I head off <clears throat> either to the pool uh, or to the hot tub. And while I'm in the hot tub, um, at that point, it, that time is really, it's sort of, I use an open mind exercise, it's really free thinking. Um, so it's sort of the opposite of meditation where I'm not trying to focus on any particular thought. In fact, um, I'm really just trying to stay present. Um, so it is a little like meditation there, but I'm really thinking and free thinking about whatever comes up in my head. And, and I'm sort of allowing that noise uh, about a 20-minute time period. When I'm finished in the hot tub, um, I typically come back in and I do kind of a three specific types of exercises. Um, I will, at that point, I will do my meditation, which uh, is typically a breathing exercise or a guided meditation. And uh, I will make a list of 10 ideas. It could be uh, 10 business ideas, 10 books I could write, 10 blog posts I could write, 10 topics I might want to talk about on the podcast. Um, and from there, um, I will normally do what I kind of think of. I got this from both the idealist and this idea from James Altucher. Uh, I try to do one thing that makes my life 1% better. So that could be, um, something like a, a health maintenance thing. A, you know, it could be, there's a door that's squeaking that's been driving me crazy, so I spend a couple of minutes in just oil uh, the hinges. It's whatever finding that one thing that will make my life 1% better if I do it, and I try to do it right then. Um, from there, 
I typically move into my exercise period. So I'm either doing body weight exercises or I'm doing the Carol exercises that I've talked about in previous uh, podcast versions. And typically, if I'm doing uh, working out, I'm either listening to other podcasts uh, at the same time or I'm listening to book summaries uh, at the same time. So sort of just uh, using that time uh, to build both my health and, and my thinking. Uh, from there, it's typically off to the shower and prepare for my day. And uh, then I finally drop in and actually look at email or what's going on uh, across the businesses at, at that point. So um, those of you who wonder why you don't get those emails from me at like 6.30 in the morning, it's because I'm still asleep and even after I wake up, email is not the first thing I, I check or, or do. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about email here shortly, but um, that's sort of my morning routine. Um, And then that moves right into a little bit of a work block and then lunch. And then after lunch is really cram time for me, hitting hard. Um, I typically work very heavily uh, from one o'clock to about six o'clock where I'm just uh, spending work blocks, really working on uh, different tasks or having meetings. So that's, that's my routine. All right. The next question I got was how do I stay organized? Brent, you do a lot of things. How do you keep them all straight? So if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me talk about my project and task management process. Um, I also, I use a daily jot list. So, uh, I keep a little notebook page where, Um, I keep a list of the emails that I need to send for that day, the calls I need to make for that day, any tasks that I need to delegate off to someone else for that day, and then a short list of tasks that I need to actually do myself that day. And I try to keep that pretty short between three to five things. Um, The other thing I do to stay organized is as I do my weekly review, which again, I've talked about pretty heavily uh, before on the podcast. I use, I use time blocking, and I use that tied to my energy. So um, days when I'm going to feel more creative, etc., I try to do creative tasks. Days that I'm not as creative and I'm feeling uh, a little drained, I'm going to do more administrative tasks. But I use a time blocking technique as well on my calendar. So um, oftentimes as I sit and do my weekly review... I will look at the tasks that I need to get accomplished this week, and I'll actually block out time on my calendar when I'm going to work on those, whether that be a half an hour, an hour, or in some cases a two- to three-hour block where I just want to focus my attention, and that's all I'm going to do at that time uh, is really knock that out. I'm also a big fan, even in those work blocks, of using uh, a timer technique. I think they call this the Pomodoro technique, Uh, but essentially I set a little timer I work in uh, 40-minute blocks, then I get up for about 10 minutes, move around a little bit, even if it's just walk, make a cup of coffee, play with the dog a little bit, uh, talk to my wife, and then come back and re-engage. So I I like to, even if I've got a three- to four-hour block, I'm really working in segments of 40-minute sort of engagement blocks so that I keep my mind pretty fresh and and I I keep the quality of my work uh, pretty high. So... um, That's kind of how I stay organized. I am meticulous about my calendar. 
Um, I treat my calendar uh, almost like a religion. Uh, Many folks have said before, wow, you're really stuck on that. Um, Yeah, calendaring really helps. It lets me uh, make sure I get everything done and that I'm focused on what I need to be at the time. Also a big, big fan of doing project management, task management, and the two-minute rule that I've talked about before on the podcast. So if you want to go back and and, uh, take a look at those uh, earlier episodes, I think, uh, let's see, there was... There was the task management model, uh, which was episode nine. How I optimized my week was episode eight. Um, and uh, some of the exercises that I use are, are scattered uh, around there. The actual applications that I use, uh, I talked about in episode 14 uh, as well. And episode 12, um, what's on my desk, kind of talks about my working style uh, as well, and, and some of the uh, applications that I use. So if you want to go back and listen to any of those, uh, you can get them on the same slipstream source that you picked up this podcast. All right. Uh, let's see. Next was a lighter question. So um, what is my favorite music to relax to? So um, I have quite an eclectic playlist. I like all kinds of music um, across the board, and, and I... I am a big fan of randomization of uh, my music collection, Um, but I have some guilty pleasures. So if I want to really chill out and relax, um, you'll find me listening to island kind of music. Um, A lot of Kenny Chesney, a lot of Jimmy Buffett, uh, Indigo Girls, um, not really island music, I guess, but... Um, I find them very relaxing. I like their harmonies. Uh, I spend a lot of time listening to Radio Margaritaville on Sirius XM. Um, and uh, occasionally uh, you'll find me listening to uh, reggae or reggaeton or um, the occasional bout of 80s sort of classic uh, pop music as well. Sort of guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures for me, um, but I, I do love them. And I listen to music quite often. It's a big part of my life. Um, generally, if I'm not working, music is on in the background. Um, so it's a, it's a very big part of my, my life. All right. Uh, next question from the crowd. How do I organize email? So uh, I told you we'd end up talking about email a little bit later. Um, So the first thing is I pay very little actual attention to email as sort of a synchronous requirement. Um, I batch my email sending. Um, So again, on my jot list, I keep track of the emails that I need to send. And instead of sending those periodically throughout the day, I will schedule a time or pick a time, maybe a 30-minute window where that's what I'm going to do is send emails. Same with calls. So... If I have calls, uh, a set of calls that I need to make that day, I'm going to put those into, let's say, a 30-minute or one-hour block, and I'm going to make my calls, boom, 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 one after the other. Um, that way they're not scattered throughout my day, and I can kind of keep focused on the tasks at hand when I'm focused. In terms of really simple email organization, um, I find uh, that visual uh, sorting of email really helps me. So I have some automated rules 
Uh, I, and I use two different sets of automated rules. I've got a set of automated rules that run on the mail server, and that gets rid of all the sort of noise. Um, so if I need to block uh, different people or if I need to uh, add rules to get rid of certain spam topics or mailing lists, that all happens at the server. And that way, wherever uh, whatever I'm using as a client, whether that's my iPad or my desktop or my phone, um, or my watch, I'm not grabbing all of this extra content. Um, so I block all of that at the server. I do have rules that run locally, especially on my desktop. Um, and so what I have there is I've got color coding. Um, so critical clients, they come in uh, and in the like kind of mailbox list, which has their their name, the time that it arrived, and their subject, um, they get a different color. So clients get, uh, they get a red background. If you are uh, work for one of my companies and, and it's internal communication, uh, you get a blue background. If you're one of my key clients uh, and it's, uh, or I've got an ongoing project with you, uh, then I add those uh, in and you get a green background. Um, Everybody else gets white, and then the people that are sort of social uh, connectivity, they get a gray background. And uh, government agencies and groups that I'm working on, uh, they get their own colors as well. And so what that lets me do is very quickly take a look at my inbox, um, and I can see exactly what sort of the flow of the, of the mail for that day looks like. And they, they cluster together. I can see, oh... There's a lot going on at MSI, for example, because I got a lot of blue uh, background males, and that lets me focus on uh, the different colors and knock them out. So um, unusual, probably, but uh, I do do it. I also am a huge fan of Text Expander, and I've got probably around 50 different Text Expander shortcuts uh, that I use where if I've just literally, it's almost like creating an FAQ, any common question or common thing that I need to add to an email or that I could just simply drop in as a template and respond, I've got a text expansion shortcut for that. And I'll just type that shortcut extension in, hit tab, and boom, there's the email content sent, and I'm ready to go. So I spent a little bit more time up front writing some of those things and keeping them up to date on a quarterly basis. But uh, again, they really saved me a lot of time, and they let me batch a lot of email replies. So if you get kind of a form email from me, if you've asked a common question, uh, don't feel bad. That's just me saving time. All right, next question. Favorite books. What are some of my favorite books? Okay, so my favorite book of all time is The Scarlet Letter. Um, I know, I know, it's, it's, it's a long and many people feel it's, it's a very complex uh, read. But um, I love the story of redemption. I love the idea of Hester Prynne embracing the thing that she's ashamed of in the beginning and turning that really into a badge of sort of her commitment to her community and, and recognition of her community. Um, I just love the story. Uh, it, I think it's fantastic. Uh, other books that I read quite often, um, I read Moby Dick uh, quite often. 
I'm a huge, huge fan of biographies. So some of my favorite biographies, um, there's a book about uh, Queen Noor and her life. Absolutely fascinating um, discussion of sort of privilege and um, American idealism versus uh, sort of the modern Muslim world. Um, and her take on uh, the 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 sort of modernization of Islam, absolutely fascinating. Uh, another book that I've I've read and really really enjoyed, The Snowball, which is uh, about Warren Buffett. Um, it phenomenal phenomenal read. Uh, let's see, Peace Not Apartheid. Um, that was really really great too. Uh, which is a book by Jimmy Carter. So, fantastic. Um, and let's see. What else do I read quite often? Um, I've been really enjoying Poor Charlie's Almanac, which is a book by Charlie Munger. And uh, I really enjoy the works of Richard Feynman. Also, phenomenal writing. Um, I've tried to read some Vonnegut. I, I, some of it's okay, but it it's oftentimes I have to say it's not really growing on me. Um, Snow Crash also comes to mind. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, Cryptonomicon. That that book was really really incredible. Um, just a just a fantastic sort of mixing of history and uh, cryptography and information security, all in this like wonderful story. Cryptonomicon just absolutely blew me away. Absolutely fantastic read. Um, so those are those are some of my favorite books. All right, uh, let's see. What advice would I give to a twenty-year-old Brent Houston? Um, that is easy. So um, the first one is embrace being different. Um, I think one of the problems with American culture is we spend way too much time in our teen years focused on trying to be popular, trying to be just like everybody else. How do I fit in? When in fact, later in life, it's people who stand out, who think differently, who act differently, who experiment, who end up making huge contributions and successes uh, in the world. And so my advice to a 20-year-old me would be just, it's okay, embrace being weird, embrace being different, and uh, double down on that. Uh, it'll, it'll make a big difference for you. Um, the other advice I would have to a 20-year-old Brent uh, at this case is really uh, think multidisciplinary um, and uh, don't be afraid to explore topics that that are sort of adjacent to things that you're interested in, that sort of multidisciplinary approach really pays off and has, uh, has immense return on investment, uh, not just professionally, but also personally. And then I would say to a 20-year-old me, um, just believe that you can have the personal relationship and marriage that you uh, that you've dreamed of, because I certainly, I lucked into that in my life, and um, I've been much the better person because of it. Um, my wife is incredible, and our relationship is such that I never could have imagined 
what it was like when I was a 20-year-old uh, kid. So those, that's my advice. That was probably a lot more than you really wanted. Um, the next one, stress management. How do I manage stress? So this is pretty easy. Um, I don't do a great job of it, so I don't have a lot of answers here. I try to meditate. I try to exercise. I try to uh, use the hot tub. But um, it's very difficult. Very, very difficult. I do not do a good job of stress management, um, and it's something that I am working on. I'm trying to get better at, but I know i got a ways to go. So uh, the next one is who is my favorite Puerto Rican outside of and excluding Lisa? Lisa, that is a great this is a, this is an odd question from the crowd, but um, fantastic. You never when you ask social media, you never know what you're going to get. So, uh, gosh, okay. Well, let's think this through. So, uh, I, I of course adore Lisa. Lisa, I think she's phenomenal, and uh, I love her music, and um, that's fantastic. Who is my favorite Puerto Rican after that? Uh, gosh. Um, I don't, was Carmen Miranda Puerto Rican? I'm, I'm not sure. Gosh, if she was, she's up there. I find her fascinating. Um, I'm, I'm one of those guys that will stay up until like midnight to watch, you know, these Carmen Miranda movies from the forties and fifties. I just think she's, I think she's fascinating. Um, uh, just amazing. And her, her dancing and, and that just incredible. I'm not sure if she's Puerto Rican or not, but, uh, that's, that's good. And I do have uh, a friend, Rob, who's probably uh, looking for uh, a chance to be my favorite Puerto Rican. So, Rob, if you're out there and you're listening, you're my favorite Puerto Rican. You can, I can feel it right in here. Mi corazón. There you go. Um, there's your shout out. All right. Uh, let's see. The next question. What is my favorite military service? Well, without a doubt, these days... Just the potential for my favorite military service has got to be Space Force. Come on. We now have a Space Force. I mean, this thing, this is incredible. Um, The idea that we're going to uh, militarize space and um, what, I mean, what a call out to exploration and all of those things that we dreamed about when when we were young geeks and, and that stuff. So if you ask me today, What's my favorite military service? It has to be Space Force. Space Force. All right. Let's see. Wrapping up here, I got two more questions. What is one piece of technology that you can't live without? So, one piece of technology that I can't live without. This is this has become so true. The Raspberry Pi. Um, I use the Raspberry Pi for tons of things. I use it for entertainment, for gaming. Um, I love using it in the lab. If you've listened to the lab episode, you know how much I love it. I love the easy accessibility of the electronics. It's the one piece of tech I have everywhere. I've got them in my office. I've got them in the lab. I've got them in all of my homes. They're all around. So the Raspberry Pi is just among the favorite things in terms of technology. Um, it, it really is an incredible platform, um, and I have some of all of them. I really love the Zero, uh, especially the Zero W. 
Um, the Pi Zero W, fantastic. Of course, the Pi 4 is near desktop replacement. I mean, this thing is a powerhouse of a machine in the size of a deck of cards. And, of course, the tried and true Raspberry Pi 3. I have, I have just tons of these things, right? And, and I love them. So, um, there you go. One piece of tech I can't live without, Raspberry Pi. All right, wrapping up. It's uh, last question. What is in your pocket right now? So uh, they want a pocket dump. All right, so I'm starting in my uh, front pocket here. I only carry things in my front pocket. I don't ever carry things in my back pocket. So uh, let's see. I have a buck knife called the Spitfire is the model. Um, and uh, I have about five of these in different colors and uh, such in different locations. Um, but the Buck Spitfire knife, let's see what else. I've got a wallet, which is just like a generic run-of-the-mill card carrier because I don't carry cash that way. It's got my driver's license and all those cards in it. Um, let's see. I have, uh, I have two beads tied together by a string. I think these are called Bagaris, Belgaris. Um, my wife actually has made me a couple of these to match the different pockets. So right now I'm carrying silver and black um, as my pocket theme. And so she's made me uh, silver and black uh, little things. So again, two weighted beads on each end of a string. And you use it to do sort of little tricks and fidget with in your hand. Uh, let's see, some cash. Uh, not much cash, about five, five or six dollars. Uh, in a carbon fiber and and uh, silver money clip, which um, I got in Aruba. So uh, there you go. Uh, a glasses cleaner wipe for cleaning my glasses, which is my hobby, by the way. Uh, I spend more time cleaning my glasses. I end up doing it about 10 times a day because uh, I can't get over this don't touch your face thing. I apparently have to touch my glasses all the time. So I always clean them. And a Leatherman Squirt PS4. Uh, and I, again, I have multiple colors of this uh, and in multiple locations. So this is the black one that matches uh, my black and silver carry. In my other pocket, where I normally carry my cell phone, I have two other items. I have a Listerine pocket spray, which I use uh, to keep my breath nice and fresh. So if I get near people, I don't knock them down. But also to get rid of... Uh, aftertaste of food, and I have my uh, EOS Spring Mint Chapstick, and uh, I use that just to stop uh, my lips from getting chapped, um, and I just find it invigorating sometimes when I'm stressed. I like sort of the tingling when you put it on. So there you go. That is what's in my pocket, and that is going to wrap up slipstream for this week thank you so much for listening hopefully uh that wasn't too boring maybe you learned a few things along the way um i've got some interesting episodes coming up i've got a couple of interviews from folks outside um i've got uh, a little bit of uh, q a around mental models and i'm going to uh, be talking more about mental models in some upcoming episodes uh, and really talking about some of the psychological principles and how they tie to different mental models. So if you're into that kind of stuff, if you really dig uh, sort of the psychology side of productivity, entrepreneurship, and all of that, 
uh, stay tuned. All right. Uh, thanks for joining. And until next time, this has been The Slipstream. I'll catch you on the flip side. Stay safe out there.